Well, today we are on part four of our series Q&A. Quick recap for you. In the first week, Pastor Chris answered the question, is there more to life than this? And we learned that Jesus is the more that we've been looking for. This led to Pastor Alex answering the question, who is Jesus? And once we knew who Jesus is and what he has done for us, we were better able to understand Pastor Barry's answer to the question last week, how can I have faith? We know that faith is assurance built on obedience and trust in Jesus. And that leads us to today's question, which is why pray? Well, let's begin by looking at the definition of prayer. And I love this explanation that I found on the Got Questions website. The most basic definition of prayer is talking to God. Prayer is not meditation or passive reflection. It is direct address to God. It is the communication of the human soul with the Lord who created the soul. Prayer is the primary way for the believer in Jesus Christ to communicate his emotions and desires with God and to fellowship with God. So now that we know that prayer is talking to God, let's take a moment to talk to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person in this room right now, Lord. Lord, you have brought them to this place at this time for a reason. And Lord, we know that you are speaking to each of us if we would only have the hearts and the ears to hear you. And so, Father, I pray right now that you would open the ears, that you would open the hearts of each person in this room, Lord, so that they would be willing to hear what you have to say and that they would hear your word, Lord. And Father, I thank you that we are even able to come to you in prayer and that it's because of your son, Jesus, that we are even talking to you, Lord. And I thank you for his sacrifice for us, Lord. And I pray that you be with us as we hear your word today. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. So if prayer is talking to God, then we can rephrase the question to be, why talk to God? And the answer to that is actually our take-home point today. And for those of you who might be new, our take-home point is the one point that we seek to emphasize. And today it's this. We talk to God, or pray, because we were made to be in a love relationship with him. So think about some relationships in your life. What is one of the most important things for a happy, healthy, thriving relationship? Communication. To grow a relationship, to deepen the connection, you gotta talk to that person openly, honestly, frequently. Because when communication is lacking or it begins to break down, the relationship begins to break down. Healthy relationships need healthy communication. But before I go further, we must each ask ourselves a very important question, and it's this. Am I in a love relationship with God? Are you? Because there's a difference, and it's an eternal one, between a relationship and religion, or heart knowledge versus head knowledge. So I wanna share with you um, an example of just my personal experience. I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through fifth grade, and then after that, I went to CCD every weekend through eighth grade, and that's kind of our version of Sunday school. 
I did all the sacraments, I memorized all the prayers, I attended confession regularly, I was a lector, I was in the choir, I did all the things, and I was in the front row every week. By all appearances, I was a good Catholic girl. But that good Catholic girl didn't know Jesus. I mean, I knew who he was, but I didn't know him. And God, I was terrified of him because the nuns had taught me that I was such a terrible sinner that God would want nothing to do with me. And so I grew up believing that God was angry with me and, and the nuns told me that because he was angry with me that I couldn't go to him. That in order to get to him, I had to go through Mary, the mother of Jesus, that, that she had to intercede on my behalf. And I wanna stop right here and make something abundantly clear to all of you. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. We have to remember that, nothing else. There's nothing else that grants you favor or access. It's Jesus, Jesus only. So the best way that I can describe it is this. The CEO of the biggest organization in the whole wide world wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to get to know you. He wants to meet your needs and provide for you. The only thing is you have to personally know his son. If you know his son, you're in. You can go to him anytime, day or night. He will be there for you. So the CEO, the guy in charge, was available to me, and I was talking to the receptionist. The man in charge, I mean, right there. So why was I talking? Why was I leaving messages with the receptionist when I could go to the boss himself? It's because I didn't know any better. I knew all the saints, I knew all the Catholic teachings, but I didn't know God. I didn't know Jesus. And it was when I realized that I had religion, not a relationship, that I was finally able to begin talking to God. So which one is it? Do you have religion or do you have a relationship? And I wanna add that I am not trying to insult Catholics. My mom and dad are Catholics, my in-laws are Catholic, my mom and dad are watching online right now, so it was Sister Ursula, she was the one who told me that. <laughs> and Sister Elijah and Sister Teresa Marie. Um, so, but I mean, and that's, that's any denomination. And I, and I only tell you this because I wanna show you what happens when we concern ourselves more with dogmas and doctrines and denominations and not discipleship. And I asked each of you to consider whether or not you had a relationship because whether or not you have a relationship will determine not if you pray, but how and when you pray. Because if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it is never if you pray, but when you pray. Because we're in a relationship, and when you're in a relationship, you talk. But did you ever notice that the disciples, they never asked Jesus how to heal the sick or to cast out demons. They just did it. But they did ask Jesus how to pray because they saw that Jesus prayed all the time. And when Jesus prayed, amazing things happened. The disciples knew there is power in prayer. 
And I'm hoping that you believe that too. So in the beginning of chapter 11 in the book of Luke, it not only shows the disciples asking Jesus how to pray, but it also shows him giving them an example of how to pray. And then he gives a story to kind of help them understand why they pray and to show them what God does when they pray. So if you have your Bible or the Bible app, please turn to Luke chapter 11. We're gonna go through verses one through 13. And if you don't have either one of those, that's okay because it's gonna be up on the screens. Once, Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door's locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? When Jesus teaches them to pray, the very first word he says is important. Did you catch it? He said, Father. This is important because prayer is relational. It's not transactional. When we talk to God, we're not just talking to some great genie in the sky or some kind of Santa Claus. I mean, what happened when you had people in your life that only ever asked you for things? I'm willing to bet that after a while, you probably really didn't want to have anything to do with them because it was a one-sided transactional relationship. And it's no different with God. He's our heavenly father, the, the creator of our souls, our entire beings, he's, he's dad. So when you are talking to him, you're talking to dad. And our dad is really special. And so when we talk to him, we need to acknowledge who he is and what he has done. We need to place his will and his desires over our own. I mean, we can certainly tell him, you know, our hopes and desires, and we can ask him for those things, but we have to submit it to him because what we want might not be what he wants for us. And also when we talk to him, and this is very important, we have to ask for forgiveness because when we let sin go unrecognized and unrepented, it creates a separation between us and God just like when you let a rift grow between you and a loved one. 
So we gotta make things right. We gotta go to God and we gotta confess these sins. And remember, it's only because of Jesus that we're even able to do this. And so let's take a quick look at John chapter 13, verses one through 10. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash, except for the feet, to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. Those of us here who are followers of Jesus Christ and have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, we're clean. But sometimes our feet still get dirty because we're walking in this world. And so we need to ask Jesus to help clean us up. So now we're clean and we're talking to God and Jesus said that if we ask for it, God's gonna give it. So that means anything we ask God for, he's gonna give us, right? No. Because the last thing Jesus said in the Luke passage was, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I believe the great Garth Brooks said it best when he sang, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Now, obviously Garth is certainly no theologian, but he surely did hit the mark with that line. God always answers our prayers, but we may not always like his answers. I'm a mom to two amazing boys, and it is my greatest joy in this life, not only to see them happy, but to make them happy. And there is a part of me that would do anything to see them happy. But there's also that part of me that knows sometimes my kids need to be unhappy because it's in those moments where they're unhappy. It's in those times of trials and testing where my boys are gonna become men. It's in those difficult moments that's going to mold and shape them into the men that God has created them to be. And I'm a parent, I know my children, I love my children. And I know that sometimes what they want isn't what's best for them. And so that can give me the confidence to give them a no or not yet when I know the answer they're really looking for is a yes. And I mean, can you think of times in your life where you were just so desperately praying for something and you wanted God to give you that yes. And maybe you didn't get that yes. Maybe it was a no 
or not yet. And we can't understand why, but as I said before, we have to submit our will to God's will. And in doing so, we're acknowledging that God's will and his desires supersedes our own. Because when we're his, we are working for something so much bigger than any of us. We are working for his kingdom and his glory. And so the good, the bad, the ugly, count it all joy. And the more we spend time in prayer, talking with God and growing our relationship with him, the more in tune we become to his will and his desires, and the more our own will and desires become aligned with his. So you might be wondering, well, how do I know God's will? Just open up your Bible. Because it's through the Bible that we learn about God's character and who he is and his great love for us. Because think about it, when you love somebody, you want to get to know everything about them. And so if you love God, this is where you get to find out who he is. This is where you get to learn more about him. And the more you get to know about him, the more you're going to get to learn about yourself. But let's be real. We try to do this. We try to do it on our own, but we can't. I mean, sometimes we do okay. But eventually we do end up messing it up. We just, we can't do it on our own. I mean, there is a reason why everyone prays in a crisis. Because deep down, we all know that ultimately we're helpless. We can only do so much. But let's not wait until a crisis to go to God in prayer. Go to him daily. Carve out time during your day to read his word, to sit with him, to just go to him with all of your cares and your worries and your praise and your thanks or to just sit in his presence. But I get it, I know some of you here today, you're just not in that season of life right now, or sitting down for probably more than two minutes unless you're in the bathroom just isn't gonna happen. So that's okay, that time will come because you can talk to him at any time. I talk to God all day, every day. It is an ongoing dialogue. You know, as soon as I wake up, I thank him for another day as I drive my boys to school, I thank him for the beautiful sunrise because there are so many beautiful sunrises around here. I hope you guys catch them. They're amazing. And then I thank him for my wonderful coworkers here that I get to spend time with. I thank him for just so many blessings. I mean, really, there are so many blessings in every day if you look for them. So when you see them, thank him for them. But it's not like I'm always like, thank you, God, thank you, God. I don't want you to think that I'm always, because there are times where I need his help because I feel something not so nice forming in my mouth and I need him to hold my tongue so I don't say it. Or doubt and fear and worry threaten to take over and I ask God to calm my heart. But whether it's a praise or a plead, I go to him all day, every day. And God rewards you for this because when you go to God in prayer, you get to feel his presence and you get that peace that only comes from him and especially the power of prayer because prayer doesn't just change situations. It changes us. And one of the things that changes is our perspective because when you're constantly thanking him, you develop this attitude of gratitude that you can see the blessings. 
And when you're constantly going to him and just talking to him and, and casting your cares and your worries on him, that, that weight that you've been carrying, you don't have to carry it anymore. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven sums this up perfectly. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So friends, keep it simple, keep it real, keep it going. There's no formula for how to pray. It's really just thank you, sorry, and please. Because it's not the formation of the words. It's the sincerity of them. Because that good Catholic girl that I told you about who memorized all the prayers, God's name was on my, on my lips, but my heart was far from him. So don't just pay him lip service. And that brings us to today's next step, which is I will pray every day this week, not because of a routine, but because of my desire to deepen my relationship with God. And I mentioned at the beginning that we can only come to God because of Jesus. Before Jesus came down from heaven onto this earth to live and die, we were separated from God. Before Jesus died on the cross in the Jewish temple, there was this, this veil, this thick curtain that separated the holiest of holies, which is where God resided, from the sinful people on the outside. And when Jesus died on that cross, when he took our sins upon himself, the veil was torn from top to bottom. And I wanna paint that picture from you. It was top to bottom, not torn up like us down from earth ripping it up, but torn down from heaven. When Jesus died on that cross, a way was made for us. We were no longer separated from God. We can now enter into his presence. So if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet, there's still a veil for you. You are still separated from God. And if you're longing for that love relationship, if you want to feel that presence, that peace, that power, then you need Jesus. And here at New Life, we say that it is as simple as ABC. A, we have to admit. We have to admit that we are sinners and that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And B, we believe. We believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And we believe that he is the Son of God. We believe that he lived on this earth as a man and that he died on the cross. And that on the third day, he rose from the dead just as he said that he would. And see, we confess. We confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we commit to following him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we're washed clean. We are clean. When we confess Jesus as our Savior, the veil is torn for us and we are able to enter into the presence of our most holy God. So it's easy to become a follower of Jesus, but it's not easy to live as a follower of Jesus. 
because we live in this fallen world. It's difficult days now. Times are tough. But it's in those difficult days and those tough times that we are able to go to our Father in prayer. We're able to talk to him, and he will sustain us. So if this is something that you want, I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation. And I also want to make this clear, that it's not the words that I'm saying. This isn't a a magic formula that you say these words and, and that's it. It's your heart. It's the sincerity that you believe what you're saying. So you can either say it with me or say it in your own words. Heavenly Father, I admit that I am a sinner, Lord. I admit that I have allowed my sin to create a separation between us. And Father, I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. And Father, I believe that he died on that cross for my sins, that he paid the penalty for me, the death that I deserve. Jesus took upon himself for me, Lord. And God, I believe that he rose again from that cross on the third day. And Lord, I just commit to being with him every day. And and Lord, I confess to everyone here that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And Father, I thank you for his sacrifice on the cross. I thank you that he paid that price for me, Lord, because I know that I'm not worthy of it. The one who is worthy paid the ultimate price because you love us so much, Lord, and you don't wanna be separated from us. And so, Lord, I commit to following you. I commit to being a follower of your son, Jesus. And Father, I will come to you in prayer. I will come and talk to you each day because I'm yours and I wanna have a relationship with you, Lord, and I wanna experience your love, your presence, your peace, your power. And I thank you that you've even made that available for me, Lord. And it's in your precious son, Jesus' name, that I pray, amen.